To the town of our free road a stranger one fine day Hardly spoke to folks around him, didn't have too much to say No one dared to ask his business, no one dared to make a slip The stranger there among them had a big iron on his hip Big iron on his hip May bold music Bold Perceptions is back I got David Meltzer on today, co-founder of Sports One Marketing, host of the Entrepreneur's Podcast, The Playbook, Top 100 Business Coach, global public speaker, three-time international best-selling author. What else do you need? He's also been honored by Variety as Sports Humanitarian of the Year. Guys all over the place, absolute wizard. Took a little bit of effort to book them, as all good things do. You know, you can't complain, just got to do the work. Had to jump through some hoops. Met some great people along the way in the email. You know, my Gmail friends are starting to stack up from booking these people. But this guy only had 20 minutes. Felt like I was bringing on a guest on the Herd's, uh, the Herd's satellite network. It was, it was good stuff. I had to be ready. I had to go. I, I couldn't waste any time. No jokey-jokey. No joking around with David Meltzer. Even though he's a, he's a jolly fellow, gave a lot of good practical advice. We talked about uh, you know straying from society and being bold in general, of course. Uh, he's an interesting guy. He starts his days at 9 p.m., he says. Um, I still don't totally understand it. Actually, I do. I'm kidding. I'm trying to just dumb it down. He's a cool guy, and I get it. But I'm excited for you guys to listen to this. He's, uh, he's quite the energy ball. Obviously, a very renowned businessman said he was a multimillionaire and kind of hit a wall of depression at in the 30s, I think he said. Um, but this was fun overall. Packed a punch with him. A lot of good advice. Share with people that you think would like, which I think could be almost anybody. Um, all in all, great little episode here. Fun to do a digestible one. It's about 20 minutes, so all you short attention, you know, short attention span the cats out there tongue twister you're gonna thank us for this one so uh enjoy david Meltzer, the man in this town there lived an outlaw by the name of all righty here we go we got another episode of bold perceptions this is a challenge this is a personal challenge because i have a very busy man booked for a very short amount of time so i want to pack a punch david how we doing Doing amazing. There is no busy. There is only active. Busy people are unaccessible, but I do limit the amount of time so I can get to as many interviews as possible. That's one of the bold things about me, and I'm happy to be here. See, you're already reading my mind. I was just going to start this off by saying, how are you bold? But I mean, you've already answered my only question. You know, boldness to me, though, to be fair, is to not seek what other people uh, want for you to not seek what's missing in your life and to definitely not seek what you don't want. Bold people seek what they want and they must have the desire to be what they must be. And that's what creates the extraordinary. If you want to be ordinary, then do what everybody else wants you to do, do what's missing in your life and do what you don't want to do. But if you want to be bold, if you want to be extraordinary, then you got to ha- go ahead and vote for what you want in your life and then have the desire that you must be what you can be according to what you want. Boom. It's like you had the steady guide. You already answered all the questions. Uh, <laughs> and I actually heard something interesting. You were on my buddy's podcast, Laser Focus, the other day. Shout out to them, Joe Puck. Um, and you mentioned you, this is a bold trade of yours. You start your days at 9 p.m. I kind of wanted to ask you about that really quick. That's pretty bold. 
Yeah, I think even take it even to a bigger step is I shift the entire paradigm of time, right? I know that time is a man-made construct. I live in the instant between limitlessness and infinity. And one of the ways to do that is to not live every day like everybody else. If you want to live boldly, you don't have to roll a boulder to the top of the hill every day just to have it roll down to wake up in the morning. For me, I have shifted the paradigm and perspective of time itself. Talk about a bold move. And I say to everyone that my tomorrow starts today, 9 p.m., my tomorrow starts today. So what do I do at 9 p.m.? I have an unwinding routine, a routine that allows my body to put itself into a situation to recover in a quicker and more efficient and effective and statistically successful way so that when I wake up physically, I'm plateauing and growing. Secondly, I utilize that six to eight hours where I'm completely connected to the greatest source of light, love, and lessons, the source of all boldness, we can call it for your show. We are connected to the source of everything, of all boldness. And I utilize that time subconsciously and unconsciously to clear the interference that the fear in the ego creates by not being bold, by thinking about what other people want for us, what we don't want or what's missing. Instead, I'm utilizing it as a source of power so that once again, I plateau and grow when I wake up at 4 a.m. being productive, accessible, and gracious with my time. So speaking of wake up at 4 a.m., it's funny because in college, I looked at 4 a.m. as champion's hour. We literally called it champion's hour. We'd stay up till then on the weekend. You become a champion. Now I got to wake up at 4 a.m. I don't need to, but I mean, morning routines sound very important, very efficient, very productive. When did you have kind of a light bulb moment where you saw the mornings as very serene, very productive, very efficient for you? Yeah, well, first of all, don't feel bad because so many of us thought that was champion's hour. And I remember bragging one time when I made it up past when my friend who could always make it up the longest, stay up the longest. So, but for me, it happened in law school, late in law school, uh, because I was naturally waking up early. And what would happen is I would try to go back to sleep and everything would grow arms and legs. I create anxiety, void, shortages, obstacles, get extremely, you know, stressed out. Uh, and I would be exhausted by the time seven o'clock came because I basically spent tossing, turning three hours of worrying, knowing that worrying is just wishing for what you don't want. And so instead, when I started utilizing the time that I woke up, I got up, right? And I started being productive, accessible, gracious with my time. I call that uh, non-time. Uh, 4 a.m. to when everybody else starts moving is non-time, meaning that when you have activities during that time, there's a lot of, uh, more freedom. Uh, and I know you know this because you're up at that time. You don't feel that, you know, oh, breakfast at, is at 7.30. You know, I got when, when it's 4 a.m. and you, you need to take a few more moments, you start raising your frequency and awareness, your vibration. You're able to see things completely differently because there's no closed-ended time frame. You got a nice period of time that you have freedom to be more interested than interesting, to elevate yourself, to prepare and create a baseline for the day so that you can plateau and grow continually, exponentially, compound the interest of your positivity all day long. In other words, be bold. You're, you're living the brand right now unbelievably well, like more so than myself ever has. So this is good. But I like how you turned uh, waking up at 4 a.m involuntarily into a positive um i was just thinking the other day i like bland food i get made fun of but that means you know i don't need to be eating junk food that might be flavorful right it's all about 
turning negatives into positives. Are there any other instances that you've taken in your life that have really paid dividends in that way? Yeah, almost everything that I do, by the way, takes dividends in that way. So everything from taking out to the trash, which I absolutely hated, that was kryptonite to me, where I utilize trash as time for me to think about what I want to be happy. So I'm taking out trash at my house all the time. I'm taking out trash at my friend's house. I'm picking up trash because every time I see trash, I see as an opportunity to think about what I want, to take a few minutes during the day as a closed break to make sure that I'm consistently, persistently pursuing my potential of being happy and thinking about what is it that's gonna make me happy. I have these five daily practices, know your what, know your who, know your how, know your now and know your why, and I'll be happy to send that for free. I've exercise on it, david at dmeltzer.com. Everybody, you want those free exercises? It'll change your life. Five daily practices of being able to find the light, the love and the lessons and everything to learn to love what you do. I don't believe people love what they work at or do profession, occupation. I think that some things are easier to learn to love, but you can learn to love everything you do. I won't do it unless I can learn to love it. So was there a turning point where that really hit you home or hit home with you where you didn't love what you did, but you had some sort of, you know, big experience, epiphany? Even worse, I didn't love myself, right? That was the epiphany that I had. I was a multimillionaire in my 30s. I ran the most notable sports agency in the world called Lee Steinberg Sports and Entertainment. And I was empty. I was lonely and I was sad, depressed, anxious, and I had everything I ever dreamed of. I married my dream girl. I had three daughters. I lived, I had 33 homes, a golf course, a ski mountain. If I wanted it, I could buy it. But I was buying things I didn't need to impress people I didn't like. And I came to an epiphany. The number one thing I didn't like was myself. And so I had to make a change. My wife was the catalyst to tell me to take stock in who I was, what I wanted to become. And that's where my life changed when I started to live by these values of gratitude, to find the light, the love and the lessons, forgiveness, to give me peace, to forgive myself for all the things that I do and what I did, to be accountable. I was a lawyer, at, as a, an educated lawyer. I didn't practice law, but I lived in the line, below the line of liability. I blamed everybody. I took shame in what I did. I justified everything, but instead I now lived in accountability. What did I do? to attract this to myself and what am I supposed to learn from it? When you're gracious, when you're forgiving, when you're accountable, you're in spirit, you're inspired. And the inspirational people are the boldest people of all. The inspirational people don't live in a world where they're a victim and things happen to, the, to, to themselves. They don't live buying things that they don't need to impress people they don't like. They live in a world, a bold world, a brave, bold new world of more than enough, more than enough of everything for everyone. So it sounds like when you were unhappy, I mean, of course, you were successful by, you know, the outer world's perspective and, you know, criteria. But were you kind of conforming in a way to, you know, please other people instead of yourself? It's exactly what I wanted everybody to love me. So I think it was even worse than conforming to just a few people. It was like I had a desperate need to be a pleaser that everyone was going to love me. So I could be in a party. I was a complete chameleon of insecurity. You know, you tell me, oh, I, I like chocolate. I like chocolate. I like vanilla. I like vanilla. I like Rocky Road. I like Rocky Road. 
I had, I was a camouflage. In fact, when I started to build my brand, writing books, speaking, TV shows, movies, et cetera, I was a horrible interview because I had no opinions. I was trying to tell you what you think you wanted to hear and try to tell you and illuminate who I was, the mistakes I made and the lessons I learned. That's what being bold is about. I love it. And we've actually mentioned the, uh, the chameleon before on here. So this is, this is perfect. Um, have you obviously with being bold, you know, comes sometimes cutting some people off. They've been close to you forever sometimes. Right. Um, and you've talked about it. I've heard you talk about it. You got to have that self-respect boundary with people that don't align with you anymore or don't help you or don't give you positive energy. Can you talk about that for a little bit? Yeah. The great chain of feeding. Once I realized number one, you trust everyone, but you have to vet the crap out of them. You got to ask the hard questions. You can't be afraid of offending someone by calling them out on their bullshit. You got to have a great chain of feeding. If they feed you, feed them. If they don't feed you, allow them to fall away. And if they bleed you, fire them. You need to trust and vet. You need to live your life around the right people and the right ideas. And you are an aggregate of those ideas and those people that you surround yourself with. So take it very seriously. That was my biggest downfall is that I surrounded myself with the wrong people, the wrong ideas, people who bled me and wonder why I bled myself to bankruptcy. And you mentioned, you know, the, the closest people to you, you didn't mention it, but indirectly, um, you know, the theory is you become the average of the five closest people around you. Why is that? Why are humans like that? How do we pick up on things and let that absorb into our brains like that? Well, I believe in the conscious continuum and part of the conscious continuum is to have a collective consciousness. And we take on the consciousness of those that we spend the most time with. And the reason is, is the sensory cortex of our cellular structure has a memory that feeds our neural pathways of our subconscious mind, which is an intermediate memory, which then sends a signal to our unconscious mind, which is our quantum memory, our personality traits, characteristics, obsessions and addictions, all sit within the context of our unconscious competency, within the context of our quantum being. And so when we start surrounding ourselves with the wrong people, the wrong ideas, we're activating the quantum consciousness of what we don't want, drugs, alcohol, uh, kindness is gone, whatever your circumstances are, where it works to the positive as well. And so that's what I started doing is surrounding myself with world thought leaders, with philanthropists, with real great higher sources of power, light and lessons. And my life changed dramatically. And through abundance, I've been able to make more money than I ever had, help more people than I ever have and have more fun and be more happy than I ever have. Cause you're being yourself, you know, you're being who you want to be. Um, what do you, what do you have to say about this? This is something I run into or feel like I'm running into a lot. Uh, when somebody really strives to surround themselves with people like that, like you're saying, like you did, um, naysayers will be there and they'll be like, that's cheesy. You know, that's, that's doing too much. Why are you doing that? That's stupid. What, why is that? Why, why, why are their brains programmed like that? Well, everyone's uh, living an ego-based consciousness, right? And we all have triggers. We have a need to be right, a need to be offended, a need to be separate, a need to be inferior, a need to be superior, a need to be anxious, frustrated, angry, guilty, resentful, uh, all of these different triggers. And so what people love to do is trigger you or project their own insecurities onto you. I have an old saying, they will laugh at you, they will scoff at you, they will make fun of you, and then they will applaud you. 
uh, and they keep on applauding and then they tell you, I knew you could do it. Well, I am here to tell you that when people project their judgments and conditions and attacks on me, all I know is you can't find outside of you what you can't see within. And so they all obviously have certain things within themselves that they want to project onto me, but that's you know something that I provide Teflon to. I have no recognition of what you or you you think about me and attack me. So I only can pray for your happiness and understanding and I move on, continue to be focused on what I want, not what you want. So you've been getting a lot of round of applause, as it sounds like, from people who told you don't do this. Oh my goodness, I have a mission to empower over a billion people to be happy. You want to talk about bold? So, you know, when I came up, it came through me anointed, you know, that this was my mission, that I had the capability to find a thousand people like you, George, that I know in your lifetime will empower a thousand to empower a thousand, a thousand times a thousand is a million, a million times a thousand is a billion. So when I had this grandiose idea, this bold idea, I'm going to change the whole world to be happy one person at a time by empowering them to be happy, even my family. The comments I got was, you who do you think you are? Tony Robbins, Deepak Chopra, Jesus Christ. What are you doing? You're going to empower a billion people to be happy. Don't you have a job? <clears throat> they made fun of me, asked me, are you speaking in the bathroom at the Super Bowl? I, I've been ridiculed by, so in these people, these same people who are my family and friends, who were maybe half joking, but there was always seeds of doubt or insecurity that they were projecting onto me in judgment for sure they now applaud me. And for me, I know it would come and it's always come because you have to be bold, brave, courageous, and find your own frequency, live your life with apologizing to yourself, forgiving yourself by angling to what you want. There's three laws, law of gravity, always love where you're at. You're at the right place at the perfect time. The law of Goya, get off your ass. It's not gonna happen unless you get off your ass. And then comes the law of attraction, if you institute the law of gravity in Goya, things will come to you. Instead of trying to go get what you want, realize your job is to clear the interference between you and what already exists and allow it to come to you, through you, for others. Boom, the three laws. I feel like you may have a book in the, in the progress right now of that, <laughs> that, that mantra right there, those three mantras. Um, so... Somehow 15 minutes has gone by. I don't know what's going on. I think we're in non-time. I feel like we're at like a 4 a.m. frequency right now. But with the five minutes, four minutes left, what are some practical tips, practical advice points to our audience? It's a lot of 20s, 30s. It's all over the world, whatever, all over the ages. But I mean, most of them are looking to, I feel like, turn over a new leaf, maybe in a sense, or maybe they're thinking about starting. What would you tell them? Well, number one, have two routines, right? The universe works with consistency. Two minutes a day is worth more than two hours on a Saturday. And so we need to create and utilize that conscious continuum that I discussed earlier by having a routine. Utilize and be a student of your calendar in order to effectuate a routine. Study the activity you have planned. Study the activity you don't have planned. When you start planning activity from the region of unplannedness, that's when your life will change. 
planning unplanned time is just a nuance that creates exponential acceleration in your life. And then also look at and study what your sleep, as I suggested with an unwinding routine. But if you study it with a lens, I call it the Meltzer kaleidoscope, a lens of productivity, studying how productive you can be with the activity of plan, don't have plan in your sleep, study it with a lens of accessibility. How am I accessible to others, the right people with the right ideas? And how am I accessing what I want? One of the key things that changed in my life is I used to always think the more I give, the more I receive. Now I'm hyper-focused on receiving so I can give. I have complete confidence and faith that I will give everything that comes to me, through me, for others. So in order that that is effectuated, I know that I can't give what I don't have. So receiving is a big, big thing for me. I study through that lens of accessibility, not only who I surround myself, right people with the right ideas, but how am I accessing what I want to receive to give to other people? And then finally, when you study with the lens of gratitude, we talked about this earlier. If you can enhance the superpower of finding the light, the love, and the lessons in everything. The superpower of enjoying the consistent every day, persistent without quit, pursuit of your potential. When you utilize the Meltzer Kaleidoscope, productivity, accessibility, and gratitude, you will have that acceleration in growth. You will be able to enjoy everything. In other words, you will rapidly and accurately attract what you want in your life. And you will not worry about what's missing you will not worry about what you don't want, and you certainly won't worry what other people want for you. Take those things with a grain, like a handful of sand, just let them fall through your fingers. Hold on to the grains of perfection that come through you. Hold on to those and learn those lessons. Life is about lessons. The lessons will keep on coming until you learn them. Pain is not a stop sign, everyone. Pain is an indicator. It's a turn signal. Be happy where you're at, angle to where you, where you want, but be faithful that you'll end up somewhere better, utilizing pain, mistakes, and failures as turn signals, not stop signs, and you will be happy, healthy, and wealthy. Remember, you are healthy, wealthy, and wealthy. You are healthy, wealthy, and healthy, wealthy, and happy. Focus in on what's interfering with your health, your wealth, and your happiness. Don't try to go get it. I appreciate it, man. Live bold, be bold, and you will have everything you desire. Boom. Thank you, David. This is a quick but a good one. I'm never going to look at a stoplight or a stop sign the same again. I'm just going to take pictures of everyone I see. So thank you for joining us. Be bold. Thank you, David. Thank you. Have me back, my friend. Thank you for respecting my time. Remember, everyone, David at dmelzer.com. Be kind to your future self. Do good deeds. Thanks so much. It was over in a moment and the folks had gathered round There before them lay the body of the outlaw on the ground Oh, he might have went on living, but he made one fatal slip When he tried to match the ranger with the big iron on his hip Big iron on his hip Big iron, big iron when he tried to match the ranger with the big iron on his hip, big iron on his hip.